from the Auto Line Studios. Here is your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. We're going to be talking about this scandal at Volkswagen and how they cheated on their diesel emissions. And I've invited three of my colleagues in to talk all about it, including Chubba Chetta from Car and Driver magazine, Joe White from Reuters, and Dave Sullivan from Auto Pacific. Great having the three of you here. Thank you. Okay, you guys know what all this story is about. Started out that Volkswagen got caught cheating. They admitted that they had put in this cheating software in 1.6 liter and 2 liter diesel engines. And then kabango, we find out later, no, it's also on their 3 liter engines. And so Chubba. A different system. A different system. So and I, not just Volkswagens. And not, including, go ahead, Dave. Porsche, Audi. So it's just keeps growing. Is this the end of it, Chubba? Is, is this finally it, or what do you think? I don't know. Uh, it, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And, you know, we really haven't seen the results of uh, any major internal <laughs> investigation uh, from the original time when VW came clean on the four cylinders. Uh, you know, they've said all the right things. We're going to look into it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we haven't seen the results of that. And, by the way, on the three liter, they're denying it on that one. The EPA has come out and said that you have the uh, uh, cheating software in there, but they have not admitted it there. So I don't think we're even close to finding out what actually went on here. Well, and on top of that, the three liter engine issue, which just came up, um, they've only talked about uh, that in, co- in the context of the United States. Of course, these engines were sold globally. Was, you know, and, and the question of whether the systems sold in Europe or other, other markets were also non-compliant, also had you know, cheating software, which again, Volkswagen has denied, is, is, is up in the air. I mean, Volkswagen is in a real bind here because um, the last thing really that they need right now is to get into, uh, what should we call it, a, a contest with the regulator who's kind of got their future uh, in their hands. So it's a very awkward situation right now. What do you guys make of this, a Volkswagen denying it? Dave, I mean, the EPA was very specific about how they found the cheating on this three-liter diesel. Well, it's, very, it's, it's interesting because they are already coming out and saying that that vehicle is, you know, hey, no, we're, we're clean on that one. And if you can go to a Volkswagen dealer today, that's the only, you can get a diesel Touareg today, that's the only diesel you can buy. Legally. Legally, uh, for 2016 model year. So, uh, it's, to me, it's very interesting that they've already determined that these are, that Volkswagen has determined that these are okay. They haven't found anything globally to even uh, uh, dispute this, to, to be able to dispute it. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, perplexed as to, uh, you know, why the uh, EPA, you know, where's the disconnect here? Is it is software? Is it something else um, that maybe Volkswagen just doesn't know about yet? But for that to go, like I said, to different brands and, you know, that this is a, this is touched a lot of hands if there's something like this. Now, it's big. the same engine in different brands. Chuba, you would know this. Do you have to homologate and test these different vehicles or can you just you know, certify an engine and dump it in whatever. It's not certifying an engine. Uh, You've got a you can certify an engine and dump it in whatever if they weigh the same. So if a Touareg weighs the same as a Cayenne with the same engine, you actually could use the same uh, you know, emission, cal- emission homologation and accept it. Now, you know, you may, there's always talk when we hear about this that Porsche will say this isn't the Volkswagen engine and we've tuned it for the Porsche customer and all that. Well, in fact, if they've done a lot of tuning, then they have to do a separate homologation. But normally, you know, there's a, there's a weight range and I think it might be plus or minus 250 
50 pounds. But if the engine is has a long-term calibration, it's already been calibrated once, you can put it into another car the same way. So we don't really know the answer to that yet. Uh, but there's a good chance that uh, they've had separate calibrations on them. And uh, that means other people are involved. Now, there again, though, it doesn't mean that Porsche did the calibration. If this is a VW engine, uh, Porsche could essentially hire the VW engineers to do a calibration for us. They know the engine, they know the program, they know everything. So, yeah, there's a lot to find out about what went on here. Well, I'm still puzzled about how the EPA says, here is very specifically how you cheated. You know, one second after the test, it goes into this mode and blah, 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 blah. And Volkswagen's going, no, 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 we deny it. Joe, is it possible they don't even know what's going on in their own company? Well, I think Volkswagen knows what's going on. I think what may be possible is that the EPA doesn't feel that, that it and its, it, it, and its, that it has been informed properly as to what's going on. Um, I mean, one of the issues here is, is this auxiliary emissions control device, sort of a, a system designed to try to, to suppress uh, pollutants when the engine is started up cold. This is my understanding. And I, I, mean, I, I believe that this is a system that Volkswagen uses globally. I don't know. They have not confirmed that, so I want to be careful about that. But this is a system that Volkswagen is designed to try to, uh, to kind of even out you know, cold start emissions versus regular running emissions. Um, so one of the complaints that EPA has is that Volkswagen did not properly disclose this. And I was Googling around this morning, and I see that, that you know, that AECDs um, are, are, are something that EPA has been worried about for quite some time. I found a paper going back to 1998 where the EPA was basically warning the industry, look, if you put these auxiliary emission control devices on your, on your engines, you've got to tell us because they might be a defeat device, which is their term for, a, for, you know, for cheater wear. Um, so EPA is very, very sensitive to systems that might appear to be doctoring the results, even if you know, they aren't ultimately. They, 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 they well, want no, the EPA has come out and said, no, the, this well, engine, this they said, no, I agree nine with that. times the limit. But, okay, but, but here's the thing. The, uh, the way these guys, they can identify the EPA cycle. I, I looked at the test cycle before coming here, and there's a cold start, which really isn't that cold. It's more like 70 degrees, but the car has been sitting for 12 hours and hasn't run. So it's, you know, it, it is at 70 degrees. The engine is fired up, it idles for 20 seconds. Then there's an acceleration ramp that for the first six seconds of that is roughly three miles per hour per second. So anyways, if you start the engine and you drive off in three seconds, already the car knows it's not on the test cycle. To be on the test cycle, it must idle for 20 seconds. So, you know, the, the, the system is smart enough to look at this and see how long are we idling. If, uh, if you idle for 25 seconds, we're not on the test cycle. I mean, it's 20 seconds because that's the rule. Every car runs exactly the same cycle. That's why it's a repeatable test. If you start blasting off at five miles an hour per second after 20 seconds instead of three, we're not on the test cycle. So it can identify the cycle. And that's where the cheating comes in uh, because... You know, when I worked in this business a long, long time ago, you know, there's obviously different modes and cars run all over the place. But what you can't have is that if you're on the test cycle at 25 miles an hour at a certain throttle position, it engine behaves this way. But if you're in the real world at 25 miles an hour at the same throttle position, it behaves this way. Mm-hmm. That's a defeat device. And that's yeah. clearly what they're doing. And I guess, uh, you know, 
they may not have access to VW software code on these V6 engines, but they may be able to monitor what the engine is doing and say, hey, you know, depending on how we start this thing and idle it, it behaves one way or the other way, and at that point and it's a defeat what, device. And that's what EPA said, that they said that they put this, they, you know, they tested it just pretty much as you describe. And, I mean, they didn't give the details of this because, quite frankly, EPA appears to be saying, look, if you guys are going to cheat, you know, we're going to be uh, unclear about how we're going to try to catch you. This is now a cat and mouse. And again, I, mean, I think for the industry, certainly for Volkswagen, and I think for the industry at large, uh, the risk here is that you know, if EPA decides, okay, this, you, know, you, you want to you play a game, um, that's bad for the industry because compliance costs go up. You know, the risks of, of, of damage, brand damaging uh, action goes up. I mean, it seems like a very dangerous situation for the whole industry. But the worst part is, is that Volkswagen had made it, it looked like they had laid all their cards on the table and said, you know, these are all the engines that are, we know are, had a, a defeat device on them. No, our three liter is okay. And now the EPA is coming back and saying, you know, so if, if, are we, if we're having a period where everybody can come in and just say, hey, uh, I cheated, um, you know, can we trust them now? So the, so the EPA has got to really I mean, they really can't trust anybody now, and that's really t a terrible thing What's for the, the old, uh, no, that's for the, the old Reagan line: no, trust think, but verify. Yeah, and hey, now they're out verifying well, everything. Yeah, I think except it's worse. Is we don't trust and we'll verify. <laughs> but they, um, and you know, that's for the danger for, for an, the industry, for uh, you know, emissions and fuel economy, it's been a very self-regulated. Um, you know, you you com certify your own compliance to the to the EPA, and they only test maybe like one percent of vehicles. That's or right. So. Well, and the EPA is also, you know, even though they have a reputation as being an enemy of the industry, the compliance procedures are relatively friendly. They do have these rules where if you've got the engine and another vehicle the same weight and the same aerodynamics, you don't have to recalibrate it. Uh, well, if that, you've that, taken that, that ran Ford into some issues with the C-Max and Fusion Hybrid. That's right, they because they the aerodynamics them. weren't the same, yeah. you know, and uh, <laughs> Ford pushed the limit a little bit. Yeah. And uh, but, but the point is, the, you know, the EPA has kind of looked at this and said, you know, we see the variety of product that you produce. We'd like to keep the regulatory load at some reasonable level, so we're going to allow some intelligent you know, combination and piggybacking. And uh, this may all stop at this point, because suddenly the, the, the trust that's required to make that system work has been broken. And Dave mentioned something important, uh, and that is that uh, for, you know, diesels are a very small sliver of the U.S. passenger car and light vehicle, light vehicle market, excluding sort of medium-duty pickup trucks. Fuel economy, however, is a big deal all the time. And the EPA has made it pretty clear, if I'm not incorrect, that they are going to be looking at emissions across the board, and, and including carbon dioxide emissions. And so the question of whether the EPA is going to start reopening uh, or, or examining the way that the car companies are self-testing for you know, mileage, a.k.a. Uh, carbon dioxide, you know, greenhouse gas emissions, now you've got a real problem because we all know that those vary considerably from the, you know, the, the, the label, at least in many cases from the label. Um, and there's a bit of a Pandora's box risk here. Uh, I don't know if it'll go all that way, but there is a bit of a Pandora's box risk here if, 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 if the EPA starts to say, well, you know, this whole emissions testing regime is suspect and needs to be rethought.
Well, you know, in fact, it, you're going to see a whole lot more testing. The EPA, as we sit here right now, is out buying mobile test equipment. They're going to test everything. And it's not just going to be the EPA. It's going to be every country in the world. And and the state of California, the California Air Resources Board, is going to do its own. T- I think we're going to see it. We should all invest in the stock yeah, of exactly. companies that make mobile test equipment. Yeah. Well, although, you know, I haven't seen any increase in the EPA's budget. And if, in fact, they're going to get very heavily involved and not allow as much of this self-regulation or at least go around verifying everything, it's going to take some bucks to do that. And uh, so far, I haven't seen any evidence of those bucks flowing. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens ultimately. Yeah, those bucks could come in fines. That uh, Well, that's are, true. Fines don't go to the agency. No, they I don't, don't go believe. to the agency. But... Uh, they could. They could. They yeah. could. They, they can make a strong argument. Or, or, or well, they could do something like, you know, airports do where security costs and whatever are borne by the airlines. And they could just come up with some regime where this is a cost of doing business, you know, to uh, cover this regulation. Well, and again, for the, the, from the industry risk point of view, I mean, the, the, the outrage about what's going on with Volkswagen has been pretty bipartisan. Uh, you know, the, this has been a Republican. You know, Republicans who are normally averse to uh, overregulation, Fred Upton, for instance, um, uh, chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Committee are very unhappy about the Volkswagen situation. And you can argue about why that is, but they are very unhappy. And so you, sh- you can't assume that, you know, the EPA may not get a budget from Congress, the Republican Congress, to do anything it wants, but it might get the budget to do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you never know. No, I would think that it would. Okay, Dave, let me start with you on this. Michael Horn, the president of Volkswagen of America, said, ah, this was just a few rogue engineers. Do you believe that for a second? No, I, I can't. Uh, When you look at how many people are on all of these various programs, suppliers that are involved, um, certifying these engines for different countries, um, everything that happens uh, globally, there's no way it was just a handful of people. It's impossible. Um, uh, I've worked uh, on different vehicle programs, uh, supplier industry, and there's there's too many people involved for something like that, to, to hide it. Um, it's just, it's, it's impossible. Um, so, you know, we look at how many brands are involved, how many vehicles are involved, um, how many different model years are involved, how many countries. It just, it doesn't add up. Joe, how do you see it? Well, um, uh, Carlos Ghosn, the head of Renault Nissan, uh, had a meeting with the Reuters editorial board um, a few weeks ago, and he was asked about this. And he didn't speak specifically about Volkswagen. I need to say that, but what he did say was essentially what Dave just said: is look, in, you know, in, in you know, an organization like Renault Nissan, I think the way he put it was, you can't hide this in the bushes. Lots of people would know whether or not an engine program was meeting was hitting its marks for emissions compliance. Uh, lots of people would know if it was not. Um, and, and so, yeah, on its face, it's, it's kind of hard to believe, you know, given these very complex hierarchies that um, a, a couple of people knew about this and, and nobody else. And I think there's already some evidence that the supplier of the, a lot of the fuel control uh, hardware and software, Bosch, uh, had warned VW, at least his reports to that effect, had warned VW that uh, they might have a problem here. Um, yeah, they came right out and said it's cheating. Yeah, it's illegal. Right, you shouldn't do right. this. You shouldn't do that. So, I mean, clearly somebody at Bosch knew. And so, but you know, do we? I mean, I don't know that we collectively know how far this went. That's the whole purpose of the in- internal investigation that Volkswagen has hired uh, uh, the law firm Jones Day to perform. And Jones Day is a pretty big firm with a reputation to protect. So you'd have to believe that they're going to be hard pressed to come forward with something that isn't credible. Well, and given the time that it went on, you know, uh, you have a couple of engineers who may have the job of calibrating uh, the Gulf Jetta in 
2008 model year. Well, you know, they're there for a couple of years, and uh, then they get promoted, transferred, whatever, a couple more come in. Well, they've got to kind of know what's going on as well, otherwise they can't do the job. And between just the sheer number of people on the different programs and the fact that they're rotated and cycled through, I mean, there are a lot of people who had to know this. Well, well so many people knew, including the suppliers, and all of Volkswagen's competitors who cannot make their diesel engines meet these emission standards doing it the way diesel or, or Volkswagen's doing it, why no whistleblowers? Well, I, you know, first of all, I, I don't know, and if anyone else on the panel does, that's great, but I don't know exactly what competitors knew and when they knew it and whether or not they tore down these systems. I mean, I, you kind of suspect that they must have, but I, I'm not aware that anyone has come out and said it. Um, you know, why no whistleblowers? I mean, to, at, to, at one level, I suspect there's, there's sort of a little bit of there, but for the grace of God. Um, and on another, I mean, maybe there's just no, no forum for it and no reward. I don't know. It's a good question because you would think that if, if, if company A knew that company B had a superior product or seemingly superior product in the market and was gaining share uh, or had an advantage, um, but was doing it the wrong way, you'd think that that, that company as a victim of that would, would say, hey, um, and who knows? Or, or they think, hey, we really don't want to open up that Pandora's box right, right. because that's, what is that going to do to us? Right, what is that, right, and again, in, in, in Europe, and this is separate and apart from you know, whether there's a specific defeat or cheat device, but in Europe, there has been a debate, and, an, and I think this is intensified, over just, you know, just about every diesel car on the market pollutes more on the road when you test it than, it, than it's supposed to according to the benchmark. Listen, numbers. I'll bet the gasoline engines in Europe pollute more uh, on the right. road than in so the that, test lab. So that gap is an industry issue, and maybe there's a little bit of a reluctance to call attention to that because if everyone has to narrow that gap down, then everyone has to pay the cost. Yeah. Well, there's two things here. One is that you know, all car makers look at their competitive products and try and figure out the advantages. But, you know, this is a more profound case than simply, uh, you know, those guys have an engine that's 3% more powerful than ours from the same displacement. They're making the emissions without the uh, SCR catalyst, and we can't figure out a way to do that. And by the way, that's an expensive piece of hardware and has a profound impact on the cost of these cars. I think that would attract some attention. And I don't know why no one else would have blown the whistle. Maybe they're not sure. Maybe, yeah, we can't figure it out, but maybe they know something we don't. Or maybe nobody just wants to do this because nobody's perfectly pure, although perhaps nobody else is, is as guilty as this. Or, or maybe somebody did blow the whistle. And yeah. all this testing that unveiled it did come from a car company. Because I know of cases where car companies have blown the whistle on their competitors. But they don't come out and issue a press right. release. No. Or they, do, they cover their tracks this very like carefully. This is a very good uh, government leak, you know, that uh, <laughs> yeah. shows up in some journalist's hands and nobody knows where it yeah. came from. Yeah. But, but you said something earlier that I'm not sure I agree with. Okay. Uh, with gasoline cars, it's not so clear that uh, their pollution is greater on the, on, in the real world, even in Europe. Well, what, what I should then say, Chuba, is that the fuel economy label that you get yeah. in Europe, tested in the yeah. lab, is not what you're going to get on the road. No, and I think that's probably true, and the European tests are much milder than the U.S. tests. They're so you know, easy. The, yeah, the current U.S. label tests are pretty good. Uh, there are some cars that have a little trouble meeting quite those numbers, but there are other cars that do it quite easily. Just this past weekend, I drove a Porsche Cayman from here to Pittsburgh and out to Falling Water and back with my wife, and we were cruising at at least 
10% above every speed limit. And if we found a fast rabbit, it was 20 miles an hour above the speed limit. And I beat the EPA highway number, you know, uh, so. Uh, Is this with a gasoline engine? Porsche Cayman. That's, they don't oh, come oh, with. Oh, Cayman. I'm they, sorry. They don't come with diesel. Yeah, they don't. No, no, no. No, no. no purely gasoline engine. But, uh, you know, so I think the U.S. tests right now and labels are pretty reasonable. Yeah. Europe it, is much easier. They were adjusted. US, that's right. The U.S. The US label system was adjusted. Uh, About several, 08 or so. Yeah, several years ago. And the European system, as I understand it, is not. And, and so, yeah, that, that gap, you know, that gap is much bigger but, typically in Europe. But keep in mind, there's a technical difference between the engines. You know, the gasoline engines, from, a, from the standpoint of the smog pollutants, run a three-way catalyst. And the engines all run this stoichiometric air-fuel ratio. And if you drive the car harder, the catalyst is just nice and warm and just chewing all this stuff up. So it's not obvious to me that there's any more pollution coming, smog pollutants coming out of a gasoline car at 100 miles an hour than there is at 50. A diesel is not quite that way uh, because you're running higher speed. You've got to run a little more boost. The combustion chamber is a little hotter. You're generating more NOx, and it's harder to chew up. Or you've got to be using more of the SCR fluid, which might be one of the reasons why even the 3-liter V6 that has SCR is cheated because these guys don't want to go be replenishing SCR fluid every thousand miles or something. Right, right. I think that is a problem. And, and look, this is a, this kind of a big, a, a, for I think for the industry, a big scary issue here, which is that if, because, you know, spurred by this scandal, you have regulators in the United States, you know, kind of going where they seem to want to go anyway, which is like, what's enough of diesel as a light vehicle solution? And then that contagion goes to Europe, where you know in some markets half the half the market, is, you know, for various reasons is diesel. And if Europe says, you know what, no more diesel, this, you know, let's phase this out. There goes billions in in uh, in sunk investment in diesel technology across the industry. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Dave, how hard how hard is this going to hit VW? You know, I think I was just thinking about that as he's talking about. You know, globally, I mean, uh, we we just don't know what the fix is going to be yet. Um, I mean, are they going to be buying back cars? Are they going to be, you know, to add, as we're talking about, the hardware, it's expensive and it's very large. It's a large piece of hardware that includes a lot of, it may not fit, and that includes a lot of plumbing. Yeah, so, I, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, we just don't know what, how that's going to happen. And, you know, we're, we got to think about the hardware. We got to think about what that's going to do to fuel economy by adding all that weight to the vehicle, um, and also, you know, what is that going to really do for, you know, how long is that going to take to install? There's a lot of costs, so we just don't know. Is that feasible, or is it easier just to buy the car back um, and give somebody a gasoline car uh, or a diesel car that maybe possibly meets emission standards? So there, it's it's we just don't know yet. What that the, there's so many different uh, avenues they could go down, but. Um, it's, a, it's surprising that they didn't, if, if you knew about this internally, we never had a plan like, okay, we, we got caught. This is what we need to do. You know, this is how we can fix it. There's, there was none of that. This was never intended to come out. So it's like uh, maybe, uh, you know, they are claiming that the new uh, two liter that's in, um, you know, like the A3 is clean. Well, does that mean that, well, does that mean that, you know, were they just hoping that, 
history would just get it swept under the rug and well first of all the EPA has not certified that no they haven't certified solution it. and doesn't seem to be in a big hurry to do so no um, the second thing is I've heard some speculation to your point I've heard some speculation that the solution for sort of the the older versions of this uh, the for the four cylinder that one of the proposals might be to sort of retrofit uh, you know the urea injection system and I thought well how are you going to stow just well that's what Chubb just said how are you going to fit it in there gallons worth oh, of urea you know filters or, or, a, or a reservoir uh, in a in a car that wasn't designed for that, I have no idea. I don't see well, how you can do one that. Of these retrofits, you know, the I mean, the, the way modern cars are assembled, I mean, plumbing, wiring, all this stuff is just buried in the car. A few years ago, maybe ten years ago, I think Mercedes had a problem with E-class wiring harnesses on some cars, and the recall was to give you a new car. It was cheaper <laughs> to give someone a new E-class than to take it completely apart and replace <laughs> the wiring about, harness. The thing is, we're not talking about just hardware. We're talking about body control modules, emissions control yeah. modules. There's yeah. all kinds of things that are going to have to be replaced. So it's not just slipping in some new piece of exhaust yeah. in a urea tank. It's yeah. not that easy. No, yeah. no I, I suspect buybacks. I mean, I, if I had to bet, I, and I guess all I'm doing is betting, I would say for those older ones, without the urea yeah. systems on board, I think buybacks are basically but the that means solution. it's going to be big money. And, big if you, money. and if you owned a Volkswagen diesel, why would you come in and get this fixed in the first place? If you knew, you know, other than if you had a guilty conscience, but why would you come in and do that? Well, there, there may be, and because of that, you know, dealers feel they're, they're morally and maybe even legally obligated to fix those cars. So you may never want to bring your car back to an uh, official v- the Volkswagen. The only way dealer. I would want to come back was if you handed me keys to another car. Yeah. But so, so you've got a very expensive fix. You've got maybe buybacks. And that's just talking about dealing with the cars themselves. We know that there's going to be mega fines. There's 300 lawsuits in the United States alone, and one-third of the stock value of the company has been wiped out. Chubba, can, can they withstand this? Well, you know, they've got a lot of money. Uh, the company is partially owned by the local uh, Government. Uh, government. And so there is some uh, you know, governmental stake in keeping this company afloat. It's a you know, major part of uh, German industry. I don't think the German government's going to let them go down. Uh, I, I agree with that. We're getting down to the know. end. I want to get Joe's opinion. Are they going to have to sell off brands? They've got Bugatti. They've got Bentley. They've well, got the, Lamborghini. And The new CEO, uh, who used to run Porsche, has uh, hinted, uh, and really just hinted, that that, that kind of those kinds of actions could be on the table. He has definitely not suggested. Is that he the right guy with this new revelation that there is even another well, engine that he might was be run, he was running Porsche when this when these engines were developed? So you know the the the, the slop is kind of around his around his shoes. Unfortunately, Dave, quick, are we going to see a smaller Volkswagen come out of it? Are they going to have to jettison brands? You know they they could, um, but who would want something that you know a brand that. Uh, whether it's Skoda or something like that, that's so closely tied at the hip to Volkswagen's powertrains and the way they've always done business, they're purchasing. So there's, it's, it would come with a lot of baggage if they were. A lot of baggage. Boy, that's, that's the, the tagline for this story, I think. A lot of baggage. Hey, guys, very interesting discussion. want to thank you for coming in and sharing your insights and, uh, and knowledge about all of this. Chubba Chetta with Car and Driver magazine. Joe White with Reuters. Dave Sullivan with Auto Pacific, just been awesome having the three of you here to talk about it. I hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did, and I want to thank you for tuning in to AutoLine this week. <laughs>